Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to the Washington Weekly Podcast on the UBS In The Now Podcast channel. Our conversation today will bring you up to speed on a range of developments within the Beltway and beyond. Uh, joining me for the conversation, glad to welcome back Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. So Shane, happy Friday. Welcome back and looking forward to our conversation. Thanks, Dan. Always good to be with you. And um, as we near the end of the year, I hope everyone's doing well and and as excited for maybe uh, uh, some downtime with uh, loved ones. Likewise. Well, thank you, Shane. Yeah, definitely over the next couple of weeks. I know many of us are looking forward to throttling back a bit and spending time with family and friends. So a lot to look forward to there. So before we get there, I know Build Back Better, we've been talking about this for quite some time now. So I do want to follow up on this as a starting point. As we began the week, it was looking increasingly unlikely that a deal would materialize ahead of Christmas, ahead of uh, the end of 2021. Now, we did receive some clarity on this yesterday, it does not appear that a deal will be reached. So I'm curious, Shane, what are the areas of disagreement at this point, and what are the prospects for any deal being reached in 2022? Yeah, great question. And then, you know, this remains fluid um, and will probably remain fluid for several weeks. Um, you know, there is a lot of agreement amongst Democrats about uh, components of it, but you're right, you know, they're fully on the same page yet. And there is a, a good question of will they ever get there? Um, you know, I think um, the holidays, you know, may serve as a breather and, you know, they'll come back refreshed and we'll see if they can reach an agreement. Um, you know, there are several areas of disagreement, as you know, you know, um, one of the main ones right now has to do with the expanded child tax credit. And uh, the House passed bill has a one year extension expansion of this credit and uh senator manchin you know um he is opposed to that but he's not opposed to the the policy uh outright what he wants to do is say you know listen uh, extending it for one year is kind of you know um is that a half measure is that a budget gimmick because if you extend it for 10 years, it's quite costly. It's actually over $1.5 trillion. So it's roughly the same cost as this entire uh, Build Back Better package. So he doesn't uh, like that. He thinks it's kind of a budget gimmick. So he's saying, let's try and do this in a more open and honest manner, transparency, et cetera. Um, so that is a major disagreement. Then you have a, a whole host of other disagreements that Senator Manchin is raising about Energy, you know, him being from West Virginia, he cares a lot about, you know, coal and other um, sources, traditional sources of energy versus clean energy. Uh, so he's pushing back on a lot of provisions there. Um, you know, uh, then additionally, you have other challenges like the Senate parliamentarian ruling last night that a lot of the immigration proposals in this bill um, are not compliant with the budget reconciliation rules. Um, and that will upset some Democrats and leave them searching uh, to see if there are other options here. So there's a lot to play out here. Um, you know, uh, some people are, are celebrating uh, and saying that the Build Back Better uh, agenda is is dead. You know, we we think at this time it's still 
uh, more likely than not that some version of the bill passes into law, although we are downgrading kind of um, uh, our our optimism. You know, previously we were probably we were saying about 75 percent chance. Now we're saying about 60 percent chance that a bill is passed into law. So, you know, I think we're going to come back from the holidays and see how everyone is reacting and with particular attention on Senator Joe Manchin. No pun intended. I guess we could tie a bow on this for now, and we will see what the year ahead brings. But uh, Shane, thank you for the clarity as to what the areas of disagreement are and where we stand on Build Back Better today. So something we can indeed revisit next year. Uh, Sticking with Capitol Hill, of course, this time of year, many of us might be getting on airplanes to uh, visit friends, loved ones for the holidays. To that end, I know several U.S. airline chief executive officers testified before the Senate Commerce Committee uh, just this week. So, Shane, what was the nature of the testimony and what are some takeaways from it that you can share with us? Yes. Um, at this uh, hearing, you had four executives from major airlines, from American Airlines, Southwest, United, and Delta. Um, you know, the 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 headline of the uh, hearing was to talk about, you know, COVID relief that was provided to uh, these airlines to keep them up and running and, you know, um, uh, um, how they uh, reacted. You know, what did they do with that money? How did they keep, did they properly keep their employees employed, et cetera? Um, but of course, in a hearing like this, you know, you're going to cover a variety of topics like um, uh, flight attendants and their safety. Um, and what was a big <laughs> sound bite that kind of overshadowed the purpose of the hearing was about face masks being worn on planes. Um, you know, I think this was a bipartisan hearing where these executives got bipartisan pushback, um, for what they're doing with the, uh, money that they have received, uh, to try and, um, uh, blunt the impact of COVID-19 on the industry. So, you know, I think this isn't the last we'll hear about this issue. Um, lawmakers are, are very concerned about uh, these airlines and, and, you know, other issues like delays and cancellations of flights. So this is probably going to continue to play out. But um, lawmakers are not going to let this issue fade away. Thank you, Shane, for those takeaways. Maybe we can pivot a bit, look overseas. Now, in recent weeks, there have been growing concerns over a potential invasion by Russia into the Ukraine. Now, I understand that the White House is leaning on the European Union to finalize a package of sanctions aimed towards Russian firms, of course, to be imposed if an invasion by Russia into the Ukraine uh, were to occur. But what does the scope, Shane, of the sanctions consist of? And what is the likelihood of an invasion by Russia into the Ukraine taking place at all? This is a great question and, and critically important for a variety of reasons. You know, you're right. The Biden administration is pushing EU allies to, to finalize a, a broad package of sanctions against Russia's. Um, um, these sanctions would focus on uh, banks and the energy industry. So, you know, two key uh, parts of the Russian economy that if uh, strong sanctions were imposed, would make a major impact. So, you know, uh, I think what we've seen in the past few days continues to be troubling, even after President Biden and uh, Russian President Putin spoke, you know, more troops are being massed on the border in Russia. So, you know, Putin is not backing down at this moment. 
um, you know, with tens of thousands of troops on the border, you know, uh, and he uh, seems to be preparing them for such an invasion. You know, if if he did go down that path, it would be swift. Uh, and, you know, um, uh, I think you'd see Biden try and push the EU allies to impose these sanctions quickly to try and deliver a real message to uh, Vladimir Putin. So a lot of implications here, a lot of wait and see, but uh, thank you, Shane, for the update as to where this stands today. And it sounds like this is another topic we'll keep track on in the year ahead. So uh, before we close out our conversation for today and for 2021, I know, Shane, a few moments ago, you spoke about Build Back Better, that perhaps that will be a legislative point of interest focus in the year ahead. Aside from President Biden's economic plan, what will be some other legislative focuses in the early part of 2022 that we can look forward to? Yeah, no, uh, obviously the uh, first item will be the Build Back Better uh, Act. And, you know, if if they can pass that, then they'll move on to other issues. I think there'll be a point where if they can't pass it, they'll have to pivot. But you're right, you know, February 18th is when government funding runs out. So that would be an issue that they would have to address. Um, additionally, you know, on the economic front, you see a variety of topics bubbling up, you know, uh, inflation, supply chain issues. So I think those will be fo- focal points for uh, Washington in early 2022. Um, so they have a busy uh, agenda. There are a lot of must pass items uh, at this moment. Um, the, the government funding would be an example of a must pass item because if they did not on government operations, we'd have a government shutdown. But there, there is a lot on the agenda. But I think realistically, as we look at 2022, you know, the election year will take over pretty quickly, and a lot of the agenda will be politically political in nature. Well, it will be a busy year ahead with the midterms coming up, so a lot there I'm sure we'll talk about in episodes to come. But Shane, thank you very much, not only for your insights today, but for all of the insights you've provided our listeners, our clients over the course of 2021. So appreciate that. I wish you a happy, healthy holiday season, a happy new year. And Shane, we'll look forward to picking back up with the conversation in 2022. Sounds great, Dan. Thank you. Have a safe and Uh, Happy holiday season. Thank you, Shane. Appreciate it. And again, today we've been joined by Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. So as a reminder to our listeners and our clients, please be sure to reference the latest Washington Weekly publication, which can be located on UBS.com forward slash Washington Weekly. The Washington Weekly podcast is part of the UBS In The Now podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements.
It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com forward slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA SIPC.